For our text this morning, we'll look at just one verse. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 10. Remove not the old landmark and enter not into the fields of the fatherless. Landmarks are important. They're important for several reasons, not just in a physical or a historical sense, but in a spiritual sense as well. Certainly, the children of Israel understood the importance of landmarks, especially as they were entering the Canaan land and they were going in to receive the inheritance that God had promised them. Landmarks were designated as property lines in a way to stake out their inheritance. So from a national and historic perspective, and certainly from the perspective of their inheritance, landmarks were important. Landmarks are important for other reasons. They help us to remember. Landmarks are used to set boundaries, and landmarks are used as a reference point. They can help us find our way and give us direction. One one person once said, in a spiritual sense, those old landmarks are the doctrines that help us to know and obtain our inheritance in Christ. So if we think of landmarks as biblical doctrine, certainly we could see why the Word of God says, remove not the old landmarks. We want to leave them right in place right where they are. They help us to remember. I thought of some of the historical landmarks that we have in this country. You have the Lincoln Memorial. You have the Washington Monument, Mount Rushmore there in South Dakota. You have the Vietnam War War Memorial, Pearl Harbor, the Statue of Liberty, and many others. Maybe there are those even here that have visited some of those monuments or those landmarks. Well, there's a purpose to those things. They were designed to remind us of our national heritage. Some of them were designed to remind us of the sacrifices that were made by our servicemen and women down through the years to ensure us of the freedoms we have today. Sometimes... Hopefully they are designed to remind us of where we came from as a nation and hopefully where we're headed as a nation. What would happen if all of those landmarks were just completely removed? What would happen if all traces of our history were completely removed and erased? Well, it would have devastating effects on our nation. We would cease to exist as a nation. I really believe we would probably just fade off into obscurity. So it's important we remember our history. And you know what? The good and the bad. I think it was Churchill who said that those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. So we know uh, memorials and landmarks are important for many different reasons. Well, we have an enemy that would like to remove the spiritual landmarks from our lives. The devil would like nothing better than to cause us to forget what God has done for us. He'd like us to forget 
where we came from and where we're headed. You know, in Deuteronomy, God gave Moses a warning to give to the children of Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10 through 12 says, And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee good, great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware." Lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. The Lord was saying, don't forget. Don't forget where I brought you from. And he told him, I brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. We know that could represent sin in a person's life. You know, when the Lord delivers a person from sin and he saves them, cleans them up, takes them out of that old house of bondage. We don't want to forget that. He reminded them, remember me and remember where I brought you to. He brought them into this promised land and he placed them there. And he was reminding them all these wonderful blessings that you enjoy. All of these things that I provided for you that you didn't provide for yourself. It's all part of your birthright and your inheritance as a child of God. But don't forget these things because all of these things come from the Lord. It's important that we remember. In Joshua chapter 4, we have the account of uh, Joshua and the children of Israel. And they were on their way to the promised land for the second time. We know that previous generation, the one Moses had spoken to there in Deuteronomy, they had... Uh, got to the promised land, and because of doubt and unbelief, they were excluded from going in at that time. They had forgotten all of the landmarks that God had established for them. They had forgotten how God had brought them through some miraculous things to get them to that point. And as a result, they had disinherited themselves. Well, here we have the next generation being led by Joshua. They had spent 40 years on this journey, and now they were getting close to entering in and arriving at their destination. But there was one final obstacle in the way. It tells us that they came to the Jordan River, and it was overflowing its banks. It was during harvest time, and it said that that river was literally overflowing its banks. That was the one thing that stood in the way of them uh, going on into the Promised Land. So we know... God gave Joshua a commandment. He said, have the priests that bear the ark step into that water. And we know, we read that account, the moment their feet hit the water, the waters parted and they went over on dry ground, every one of them. But when they got to the other side, I don't know how you'd be feeling, but I'd be thinking, let's just keep going. We've been on this journey a long time. We made it through that river. Let's go. Well, God told Joshua to do something. He said, take 12 men, each man out of one of the tribes of Israel, send them back into the middle of that riverbed. I wonder what was going through their minds. But he sent them in there. He said, have each one gather a stone and bring it to the other side. And when you get to the other side, I want you to build a memorial for me. Well, what was the point? Well, we read Joshua chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. It says that 
they may, that these may be a sign among you that when your children ask your fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall, then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. God wanted them to remember the blessings, the things He had done for them as a people and a nation. He wanted them to remind their children and the generations coming behind them. It was done as a way to remind them of God's goodness in their lives. Well, how do we establish landmarks in our lives? How do we establish memorials? How do we keep from falling into that same trap of forgetting the blessings of the Lord? Well, there's some different ways to do that. Some people have said, write things down. You know, when the Lord does something for you or He answers a prayer or He undertakes in some marvelous way, write it down so you don't forget. That helps sometimes. The older I get, the more I realize I need to start writing more things down. The trick is remembering where I put the list of what I wrote down. I know when Rosie sends me to the grocery store, even if it's a few items, I have to write it down or I'll forget. But in a spiritual sense, some people find uh, journaling or writing things down is helpful. I thought about Brother Nolan. I thought of his testimony. He said he was saved as a young man, and his biggest concern, like probably many new converts, is, well, will I be able to stay saved? So the very next day, He put a big X on his calendar and he thought, this is one day the Lord kept me. The following day, he did it again. He put another X on that calendar and he did this for about two weeks. And then he realized, you know, if the Lord could keep me two weeks with victory, he can keep me the rest of my life. Well, he's here this morning and he can testify to the fact God can keep him. God can keep you. I imagine if he was still marking calendars, he'd have quite a stack of calendars by now. It's a long time ago, but we want to remember what God has done for us. I remember Brother Elmer used to talk about a faith shelf. Well, I'm not quite sure what that was for Brother Elmer, but I think he was referencing the fact that when God does something in your lives, we want to have a reference point, a time we can look back to, and we can go back to that time, and we can pull down a blessing or an answer, and it encourages us and helps us to uh, continue on. We want to keep those things alive in our hearts and minds. We establish memorials when we testify. Every time you stand to your feet and publicly acknowledge about what God has done for you or how God has blessed your life or answered a prayer, you establish a memorial before the Lord. It says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Malachi chapter 3, verse 16. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and thought upon his name. God writes it down. Every time we acknowledge Him publicly, He writes it down as a memorial for us. It's important that we remember what God has done. You know, landmarks establish boundaries. 
property lines were established by using landmarks. Well, if we think about God's Word as a landmark, God's Word sets boundaries for our lives. He lets us know where we should and should not be. What happens when all of the boundaries, when all the guardrails, when all of the restraints are removed? We'll look around. We see what happens. You know, I was trying to think of something I could compare it to. And I kept coming up in my mind. You could almost liken it to the current situation on the southern border in this country today. And that is not a political statement. I've heard many, many concerns and reports from lawmakers on both sides of the political spectrum talking about the absolute chaos that they face along the border because the floodgates have been thrown wide open. The restraints have been removed. Well, when you do that, you have some very bad things that can happen. You have things flooding into this country that literally undermine the safety and security of our nation. You have a opioid crisis in this country like we've never seen. Fentanyl is destroying many cities in this country today. I just saw an article the other day that some of the morgues in Seattle literally have ran out of room for the bodies because of all the fentanyl overdoses that they're trying to process and deal with. Brother Dan Hall, I actually talked to him about a month ago. He's an EMT and he said about two to three calls they respond to a night are due to fentanyl overdoses. They only pray and they can hope they get to that person in time, but many times they don't. And he says it's devastating to see the effects of this. You have sex trafficking, prostitution running rampant along the board. You've got uh, people coming in that have nefarious designs for this country. Several have been arrested that were on the terrorist watch list. All of these things happen when you leave a border unprotected. You leave things opened up. You open the floodgates, that's what you're going to get. Well, the same thing can be said spiritually. When we discard God's Word, when we try to rewrite it or we move those landmarks, we open ourselves up for disaster and we see it all around us. Proverbs 14.12 says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. We want to be very careful. We want to keep those guardrails, those boundaries in place in our lives. That's why it says, Thy word have I hidden my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It bringeth understanding to the simple. And Jesus tells us in John chapter 5, verse 39, he tells us that by searching the Scriptures we'll find eternal life. The Word of God establishes those boundaries in our lives for our protection and for our good. You know, if you were going to, and this is not a suggestion, but if you were going to encroach upon your neighbor's property, how would you go about doing it? Well, you'd probably do it in the middle of the night, and you'd probably do it incrementally. You wouldn't take those property lines and move them 10 feet at a time. You'd do it just a little bit at a time so it wouldn't be so noticeable. Well, you know, the devil operates the same way. He's been chipping away at those old foundations for a long time. 
a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. But Proverbs twenty two twenty eight says, Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. We want to leave those landmarks in place. You know, as an organization, it's good for us to remember where we came from, where our foundation started. You can trace our roots back to 1906, Azusa Street in Los Angeles, California. The Spirit of the Lord was being poured out. It was part of that Latter-day Dispensation and our Founder, Sister Crawford, she'd been saved about five years and she developed this hunger for more of God. So she went to that location searching for God. And there she met the man who was uh, leading those revival services, a man by the name of Seymour. And she told him what was going on. And he, he told her, you've got a good dose of salvation, but you need to be sanctified. Well, I don't know that she'd ever even heard about sanctification up to that point, but she went to the Scriptures She read the Word of God and she realized it was a landmark experience established in God's Word. It was a doctrinal experience. So she prayed and sought the Lord. God sanctified her holy. Just a few weeks later, she was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is where we came from. These are our roots, those foundational doctrinal landmarks. Thank the Lord that were established back then are still intact today. We want to leave them right where they are. You know, there have been efforts over the years by others to undermine what our church and our organization stands for. I heard an account just uh, a few years after the work had began and the Lord was blessing the work and a businessman approached Sister Crawford with an offer. And he said, I can finance this work You'll never have to worry about money again, but there's a couple things you would need to do. You need to stop preaching about holiness and sanctification, and you need to stop talking about divorce and remarriage and adultery. Well, of course, her response was, you know what? You can take your money and go somewhere else. God established this work. These are the foundations. These are the principles. These are the landmarks that this work was established on. As as long as God wants this work to exist, He will continue to preserve it. But these are non-negotiables. Well, she stood firm. Thank God she did. I'll tell you, and I'm not ashamed to say this, I'm thankful for what we have right here in the good old Apostolic Faith Church. That's not a paid advertisement, by the way. I feel that. I'm not saying we're the only church that has a corner on the truth. Not at all. But I'm thankful for what we have. I'm thankful we believe in a gospel that delivers from sin. It gives victory. I'm thankful for a gospel of peace, security, hope, stability in this upside-down world. I'm thankful for what we have. We want to... Hold on to those things. We want to keep those landmarks in place. You know, several years ago, I had a man at camp meeting, and we were, it was after a Sunday morning service, and we were waiting in line to go into the restaurant. And he, he struck up a conversation. He said, you know, I felt the power of the Lord on those services this morning. And so there's power on these campgrounds. And I thought, well, amen. I, I thought, you know, this is going to be a... Uh, a, a, an encouraging conversation. But pretty soon he said something. He says, you know, I've got just a couple issues. 
with this organization. So I kind of braced myself. I had a feeling I knew what was coming next. And before you know it, we were talking about divorce and remarriage and adultery. And he said, I don't believe and I don't agree with your church's stand on that doctrine. Well, I told him, this is not the church's rules or the church's stand. This is the Word of God. I said, we stand by God's Word as a holiness organization, as a Bible-believing church. We embrace the doctrines in God's Word, and they're non-negotiable. Well, he got a little upset, and he started to get a little bit belligerent. We're in the line going into the restaurant, so I was trying to tamp it down, (laughs) trying to calmly have a conversation with him. But he said, you know what? Maybe my wife and I will just go somewhere else. I thought, alas, finally there's something we can agree on. I'd spent minutes disagreeing with him. I said, you know, maybe you should. Well, he did. I haven't seen him since. We're not trying to run people off. We're not at all. But we want to hold fast to the things we've been given. We know this is a gospel that works. We're so thankful we want to leave those landmarks in place. We need those things. You know, sadly, so many churches in the world today can trace their roots back to the same beginning, back to Azusa Street in 1906. But tragically, so many have abandoned the faith. They've moved the landmarks. They've redefined the landmarks. Now we have a liberal progressive theology sweeping through the churches. That's completely undermined the Word of God. You have churches full of people who are broken and lost and defeated, and they don't know any different because the Word of God has been so diluted and changed. God help us. We want to leave those landmarks in place. We want to keep them right where they are. You know, we don't want a new version of the old-time religion. 1 Timothy 4.16 says, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. That's our desire. We don't only want to save ourselves. We want to make heaven our home. But those that hear us, we want them to have that same hope of heaven down in their hearts. We do that by continuing in the doctrine, leaving those landmarks in place. You know, landmarks act as a reference point. Oftentimes a landmark can mark a brand new beginning. I've wondered what those early European immigrants must have felt when they sailed across the ocean as they came to New York Harbor and they saw the Statue of Liberty. For them that represented a brand new start, freedom from tyranny and oppression. I read one story years ago about a man from Italy He said he was just sure when he got to New York City, he'd find the streets lined with dollar bills. That was his vision of America. Well, it wasn't quite like that, but it was that land of golden opportunity. But for many, it marked a brand new beginning, a spiritual landmark. Well, you know what? We have to have a beginning in our lives. We have to have spiritual landmarks. We have to have a place that we can point back to and say, that's where the Lord met me. We can't get into heaven Without a start, without a spiritual landmark, you can't depend on somebody else's landmarks to get you where you need to go. You have to establish them for yourself. Today is a great opportunity to do that. If you just pray an honest prayer, repent. Tell the Lord you're sorry. The Lord will come in and make you a brand new creature and you'll have a reference point that you can point back to. 
You know, reference points help us to measure distance. I remember years ago as a kid growing up in Vancouver, Washington. This was before the 205 bridge was ever built. So it took a little while to get to church. But I remember every Sunday my dad would take this route and we'd go up Woodstock Boulevard. And there was one particular landmark that seemed to be significant to my sister, Marla. There was a house just as you got to the top of the hill close to Cesar Chavez Boulevard. Now I don't know what it was back then, but it was this house that had a roof. It was shaped like a castle. And every time we would go by that house, she'd look out the window and she'd, Oh, look, there's the castle house. Every Sunday she said that. Well, it's funny. I still walk by that same house and I remember that. But for her, it was a reference point. It was something she could mark in her mind. But even as a young kid, I realized it indicated that we were getting very close to church. I realized that within just a few minutes, we would be at our destination. So reference points can help us to measure distance. Well, we know God's Word tells us, you know what? The Lord is coming again. We know that He is. We know that it is imminent. I'm not going to rehearse last Sunday's message, but we know the rapture of the church is going to take place. How close are we? Well, the Lord gives us some landmarks, some indicators, some ways where we could judge distance. Jesus tells us in Matthew, says, in those days proceeding right before the Lord's return, he says, there will be false prophets that will deceive many wars, Rumors of wars. Nation shall rise against nation. We live in a nation that's completely divided right now. Nation shall rise against nation. Famine, pestilence, earthquakes. These are a daily occurrence in our lives. As a matter of fact, they happen so often they may even become commonplace if we're not careful. It says, In the last time, some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. We see these things all around us coming to pass. Let me ask you, based on that information, based on those landmarks, based on God's Word, how close would you say we are to the Lord's return? I would say if we're waiting for the midnight hour, we're at about 11.59 right now. We want to take heed to these things. We want to recognize these landmarks. God help us. We want to be ready for the return of the Lord. If you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord, you know what? This is a great opportunity to establish some spiritual landmarks in your life this morning. Call on the name of the Lord. The Lord will help you. The Lord will save you. If you need to be sanctified holy, establish that landmark this morning. God can sanctify you. He will sanctify you. If you need to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this is where we came from. God help us. We want to embrace those landmarks, those doctrines. Leave them in place. God will help you today. God will bless you if you do. Thankful for the truth of God's Word. If you need something from the Lord this morning, You can establish that landmark today. The song is 577. Let's come and pray.